Good morning again, everyone. Good to see you. Uh, how many are how we, how we dealing with the darkness in the <laughs> this time of the year? Uh, the darkness thing. Uh, the the hey, good news. I believe the days start to get longer now. Right? We passed the twenty-first, which supposedly I think is the uh, longest night, longest dark time of the year. Um, the other morning I was early in the woods going about my work and I, I use a headlamp, you know. And I have to remember to charge it so, so as I can see anything. Otherwise it's just a little dot and it's just irritating when you only see a little dot, when you can see more in front of you. But it was something startled me, something startled me one morning. I don't. I wasn't sure what it, why it was, but there was a light in the in the woods. Um, I thought, well, maybe it's those other loggers that are over there. And the more I looked, it it, it, it can't be. And it's like, oh, I get it. The sun is just starting to come. It's just starting to come up in this. You know how it's just a just a just a tweaky little. And the clouds were just right. And so it threw, threw this beam of light right into the forest. And it's like, ah, I would have missed it if I wouldn't have been paying attention. Isn't that something? How good our God is. He's, he's in every, every sunrise. Scripture says he's in every sunset. His glory is all around us. His presence is that which we, when we're in his presence, we feel most alive because we're connected. We're created to connect with God, the Almighty, the Creator, our Creator, the one who made us and the one who knows you and I more than we could ever know ourselves. So I've chosen this passage from Isaiah chapter 9, probably somewhat familiar to you. Isaiah was one of the major prophets. We have minor prophets. Prophets, Old Testament times, were people who God used to speak for him, speak God's word, proclaim Truth. Prophets that prophesied falsely were, were in a bad situation. <laughs> it was serious business. In fact, they were destroyed if they were falsely prophesying. God's word is still being fulfilled. There are many prophecies that have already been fulfilled. Most of the prophecies have been fulfilled. One prophecy is yet to come that our Lord is coming back for his church. And we are getting ready to be caught out of here. Be in a better place. So did Terry. A great light. And so I read, I like to read, beginning at verse 2 of chapter 9, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. 
Thou shalt multiply the nation, thou shalt increase their gladness. They will be glad in thy presence and with the gladness of harvest. As with the gladness of harvest. Harvest was a glad time. What did it mean? It it meant that you're going to get something to eat this winter. You had a good harvest. Bountiful harvest. God wants to give you a harvest. God is into harvest. God is into giving you of what you have need of. You love the garden. You love to do plant seeds and things grow. God is into growth. God is into nurturing. And God is into saving people ultimately. That is the real harvest of the earth. Eternally, people being with Jesus in heaven forever and forever. So in this passage, we read about a dark world, a dark land. It's referring to Israel, of course. Without God, there's always darkness. Amen. When there's, when there's no God, there's no light. And people wander and get confused and run into things and go over cliffs and destroy themselves or turn to other things that are not true God. And the scripture is teaching us now to look forward. This is, was a word for the people of that day, and we can also glean from it. Verse 4, for thou shalt break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor as the battle of Midian. Remember Midian? What was that all about? It was when the man called Gideon was called by God. Remember, the angel of the Lord came to him. He was pounding out the last of the wheat. Remember that story? And the angel says, Oh, mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, Whoa, I don't feel like a man of valor. I'm sure he didn't feel like it. God chose Gideon then to lead the army, raise up. And how he did it was very interesting because he, he wanted to boil it all down, so to speak, of 300,000, he boiled it all down to 300 people. God is into the little things. Show himself. God wants to take what little we have and use it for his glory and multiply it. You never know whom you've influenced that they will maybe influence. You just never know the ripple effect of a witness or a word for him. And as it was, Midian was confused because they lined up pitchers around. It was in the evening, about 10 o'clock or so. They surrounded the camp. God gave them the strategy. And when they began to shout, the enemy thought there was thousands. So they become so panicked. They just confused, and God destroyed them all. How good is that? Oh, may the Lord destroy the enemy that wants to steal our joy. May God of heaven restore our joy of our salvation. The joy of the Lord may be our strength. We need a light of Jesus. And so we'll read on. Every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning fuel for the fire. 
For a child will be born to us, the son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on forevermore the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish it. This passage has come to pass. Jesus being born into this world. He came, we talked a little bit about it, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save that which are lost. When we're in darkness, we have no chance of reaching where we need to go or finding where we need to go. But when the light of Jesus comes on in our soul, we begin to say, yes, oh, how I need him. Oh, how now I can see I once was lost. The amazing grace song we sing. I once was blind. What? Now I see. I see what? I see God. I see myself as in need of God. We need more of the light of Jesus. How many need a little light, a little more light, maybe in, within your spirit, man? A little more light of Jesus that would come into your situation and encourage you. It would take, the, take off the the burden. It would lighten the load, verse 4. Thou shalt break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders. You see it across other peoples. Emily, you've been in how many countries now? Oh, 30? Maybe that's about right. It's still going. Have you ever seen people in other parts of the world carrying loads on their heads? Yeah, yeah. Bent over, heaped up on their backs. That's the picture. That's what that's that's the picture I get when I see these passages. They're stooped over, they're slaves to their sin. They're slave, they're in darkness, they're without hope. But here comes Jesus. Here comes the good shepherd. Here comes the one who sets the captive free, who he releases the captive that has been bound. Addictions go in the name of Jesus. All kinds of condemnation that's been put on us. You are being made free because of Jesus Christ. Matthew eleven twenty eight. The picture, the verse, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. No matter how much we have in this world, is not going to give us rest. How much do we really need? Not a really lot, do we? With Jesus, Jesus said, you can be, you can be content with a few things. <laughs> just a few, if we boil it all down, really, what is it that we have need? What is my greatest need is that I might have ears to hear, that I might be sensitive to his voice, that I might say yes to him because he has 
all things in our future. He has plans for you and I to live with him forever and ever. Yes, we may need a little to get through this life. We do need a little. And oftentimes we get very much more than we need. Because he is a good God. And he often goes over the top, blesses us beyond what we deserve. We don't deserve his blessings, but because of his grace and mercy. So, how many remember that old song back in the day? Burdens are lifted at Calvary. How many? Two, three. Calvary. Calvary, burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. That's truth. We need Jesus to show up in our home. We need Jesus to visit your kids and their kids. And it, it keeps going. Generation after generation after generation. God intervenes in generations. God, are, God is in the business of saving your family. God is in the business of saving your loved ones. Don't quit. Love on them. Pray for them. Walk with them. Don't avoid them. Love on them because love overcomes many sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. Sometimes we are tested. How are we going to love that person? By the grace of God. There goes I. And so judgment has to go. That's in the hands of God. Judgment is left in the hands of God. That's not my job. My job, my, my part is to lift up who Jesus is because he is the one and only one. Oh boy. Woke up this morning in the rain and you know, got my hair all gone up. And, and then it rained, and I said to my daughter, Which one was it? It's a bad hair day. And she took it personally. <laughs> I, I No, I meant myself. And I was just, and then and due for a haircut. I mean, overdue. This is, this is terrible. But we can't be too concerned, overly concerned what we look like. We've got to make, you know, do the best we can. How much we take time to work on the inner man. The inner man is going to live on. Your inner man is who really you are. And last uh, evening we were driving to the family get-together and went through the countryside. And I said, over there's, hey girls, over there's where my parents lie. That's where they're resting. I don't know what I said. But by that big pine tree. And uh, one of them said, do, do you miss them? Well, I, I do, but I don't think of them as being there. They're up there. Hallelujah. That is the hope. We are not 
We are not going to live forever here, but we're going to live forever up there. Whatever happens, whenever it happens, we still win. God is the life giver, and he's got all the resurrection power to raise us up. And so I speak the word of the Lord over any sick person. May you be healed. May God's healing prevail, and may you, may you have energy, may you have strength. God is doing things. God is still healing. Why? I've got to get to my points. His shoulders are strong. This is in the passage. Verse 6, verse 6. A child will be born to us, a son will be given, and the government will rest on his shoulders. Oh, the government will rest on his shoulders. Wake up call. Jesus is our government. His government is different than this government of this world. The government of man not necessarily lines up with the government of God's government. God is in the business of humility. God is in the business. When he came to the earth, they missed it because he wasn't a grandeur. It wasn't the thing they were thinking of. They missed it. This little boy, you mean to tell me this little boy that was laid in this little place here, probably a rock-hewn-out place where the animals ate their food, probably, where Jesus laid the rock that he created, he let himself become man. He followed the fathers, and he was obedient. He was, he was so willing. The government will rest on his shoulders. I don't know about you, friends, but I, I, I get more excited about what Jesus is planning than what, what the world is saying. I get more, have more confidence in who God is. Remember when you, when's the last time you read a portion of Job's scripture? Here we are on Christmas Eve, we're talking about Job. Job was, he was a good man in the rights that he honored God. He was good and righteous, as the word says, because he made time for God. He brought sacrifice, things that were, that were asked of him, and he, he prayed for his family. Yet there was permission given to the enemy to, to, to smite him and take away his family, take away his health, and there was a test on him, and Job was tested beyond probably what most people have ever been tested. And there was a time when he got angry. Job got a little upset. He broke. And it was only until God spoke. His friends tried to counsel, 
But it was only when God spoke. People need to hear God speak to you. People need to hear God speaking to you. People need to hear God speak to them. Here's what happened. You, have you ever in your life commanded the morning and caused the dawn to know its place? This is the God speaking to Job. Have you ever caused the sun to come up? Well, I, I guess I haven't. Well, I guess if you look at it that way. Everything else stopped. All the complaints, all the feeling of any, if there was any self-pity, it, it was gone. And God is saying, I am in control. Though the things around you, the psalmist talked about, though the earth, though the mountain shakes, things are happening in the earth. The world leaders are, are going at it. It's crazy. They're going at each other. Wars and rumors of wars. We hear it very often. Israel is in the center of it all. God is getting ready for the final thing. That he will come back to the earth. Jesus will come back because his government will prevail. How must it have felt? I think about the Christmas story. How Joseph had to trust in the Lord. In Matthew's Gospel, we read, Joseph considered to be put away Mary because she became pregnant. He was ready to go through a, a divorce. And the angel spoke to him, or he dreamt, and the words came to him, and it stopped his thinking, and it put him in the right place, and then he believed, yes, this is from God. For that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It's not what you think. It's what God has done. So people, it's not what people think about you. It's not what their opinion is of you. It's not about trying to please everybody around us. It's simply just live your life for God and love no matter what. Love no matter what. His shoulders are strong. Secondly, his name. Verse 6 again. And his name will be called Wonderful. Wonderful Counselor. Not only Wonderful, but Wonderful Counselor. Jesus is the greatest Counselor there ever lived. Why? Because he created you. He made you. He understands you more than you understand yourself. The psalmist said it in this way, 139, 1 through 4, O Lord, thou hast, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou dost know when I sit down, when I rise up, 
Thou dost understand my thought from afar. Thou dost scrutinize my path and my lying down and art intimately acquainted with all my ways. Oh, yes, the Lord knows all about you. And you and I couldn't even try to hide anything from him. We can't do it. Just be yourself and become dependent. And he become confident. He's not going to say, go away. He never says, go away to anyone who comes to him. He says, come unto me again. All who are weary and heavy laden. He says, crawl upon me. Jeremiah's uh, prophet, Jeremiah says, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. Call upon him. His name is above every other name. In the name of Jesus, you have authority. You have been given authority. Speak truth to rebuke Satan. In the name of Jesus, his name is that which saves. In the book of Acts, we read that it is only his name by which we can be saved. Jesus. And many people have not yet heard an adequate witness of the person of Jesus. Hard to imagine, isn't it? His name breaks down the walls. His name silences the enemy. His name brings about healing. His name brings restoration. His name is miracle. His name shall live on forever and forever. In the name of Jesus we come. God is a, is a God of peace. He's never in the business of confusing people. He wants to come to help us understand that he is the only way, the truth, and the light. 1 Corinthians 14, 33 God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. What is it that God wants in his church? What is it that, what is it that pleases God in his church? It is his people dwelling together in peace for each other in unity, building each other up in your faith, encouraging one another on in the faith. Because of his name, we have authority to go forward. Thirdly, his government. His government, we touched on in verse 7, there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. Without God, this world would fly fall into chaos. Without God, the universe would all begin to crumble. God holds the whole universe together. And God wants whole families to be saved. God wants whole neighborhoods to be saved. God wants whole cities to be saved. It just goes, it's just who he is that he, he wants us to go into all the world 
proclaiming the gospel, making disciples, because he has great plans for people. God is in the people business. One pastor said it wouldn't be so bad with wasn't for all these people. You can't, listen, you have ministry because there's people that live near you. You have a family, you have a ministry. Never underestimate the ministering of prayer and intercession. And Speaking a word kindly to encourage someone else on. This whole idea of the light. Have you ever been in an eclipse? You know, a few years ago, it kind of, it kind of happened. Sun went between the moon and you know, so forth. My father-in-law talked about his dad was haying in a meadow. This is way back in the 40s, probably. You know. He was haying in a meadow. He never heard of an eclipse. And the whole sky went dark, and he thought the world was coming to an end. If this is what the Bible predicts is going to happen. The sun is going to go dark in the last days, in the great tribulation time. But I read the end of the book. Have you? Have you read through Revelations lately? In fact, I read through Revelations, at least in part, and I think we come out on top. The church comes out on top. Though we may be tested, though we may have trial, here is the final, well, close to it, the 21st, there's 22 chapters, the 21st chapter, starting at verse 23. John, the writer, is writing about this wonderful place and the new Jerusalem coming down. At verse 23 we read, or 22, And I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine upon it, for the glory of God has illuminated it. And its lamp is the Lamb. And the nation shall walk by its light, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory into it. And in the daytime, for there will, shall be no night there, its gates shall never be closed. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And then nothing unclean, and no one who practices abominations and lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's the word of the Lord. That's the promise for those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's yet to come. 
We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to be afraid about it. We just simply, Lord, you are in control. You have my future. All the things that are happening in the earth are leading up to your return and your coming to rescue us out of this place. And it started when he was born in a manger. Yes, it even started before he was born in the manger. In the Garden of Eden, he went after his man and woman to find them. They were hiding. Why? They were ashamed. Why? Because sin entered the picture. Therefore, Jesus needed to come. And he has come willingly. And when he comes back, he will rule this world. I want to be a part. I want to be in. And we can be in when we say, Jesus, I cannot save myself. I can never live good enough. But I'm putting my trust in you. I'm going to believe. And Lord, let the light of Jesus come on into my heart. The Bible says the word of God is like a lamp unto my feet. You know, these little headlamps, they only do so much. But when God's sunrise comes up through the woods line, it, it's a real day. It's a new day dawning. Come on up, Annie, if you will. As we begin to think about the end of this service, and this, this, this very eve on Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve today, Christmas tomorrow, think about the miracle, the wonder, the glory the humility, the simplicity, the lamb, the sinless. Almighty God coming to the earth, seeing past the cross, the joy set before him, seeing all those who will receive as many as believe. Whosoever believes in him. Where we're at right now, wherever you're at, if you need Jesus, you're not sure, you're not sure if you're ready, should he come, you can be ready by simply saying, yes, come into my heart. Lord Jesus, it's, pray this prayer if you're here today. You're somewhere hearing. Lord Jesus, I pray for your salvation. Come into my heart and help me to live for you. I turn from my sin. I turn to you. Strengthen my heart to serve you, Lord. And we believe that. In Jesus, that's that.